This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Episode 64. Ask Addy. Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. So, Katie, have you got a question today? Because if you do, you better ask Ali. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been holding that in? I actually just thought of it now, like on the fly. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, Ali's got a website and the whole idea is that you can ask her whatever you'd like. Well, hold on. No, that well, is not ma- Maybe true. not whatever. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> she has limits. <laughs> she has standards, people. Come, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, you're so funny. <laughs> I'm silly, ain't I? <laughs> not really. So if you're in your 20s, want to pay back debt and you don't have a clue, this is the website for you. Look at you rhyming over there, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> you're making jokes and you're rhyming? I know. It's like I all of a sudden have a personality. Yeah. Who, would, who are who you and like, where did you put my boyfriend? Where's the host of the show? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, per- like personal finance blog. How dare they make jokes? Per- pretty soon people are actually going to understand you when you talk. Too. I thought you were going to say pretty soon they're going to start listening. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Well, that being said, we've actually had quite a lot of success and we just want to say thanks to everyone all the continued support yes awesome so you want to dive out into our interview with ali sure awesome let's do it welcome to chain of wealth here's your host dennis inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom hey chainers and welcome to another edition of chain of wealth Today, we have Ali Grummet with us. Ali is a millennial who has paid off a huge amount of debt. She has documented the whole journey on her blog, AskAli.com. She is a passionate personal finance blogger who helps her readers develop a better relationship with money. Fun fact, she's from a teeny tiny town in Nebraska, and she has no sense of smell. Welcome, hey. Ali. Hey. <laughs> hey, thank you. Those are some those are some fun facts. That, <laughs> is, that is so fun. So you said on your blog that you can't smell, but you can taste. Yes. I get that's usually the second question. Yeah, I've never actually been able to have a sense of smell, but I mean I can I can taste things. So that really trips people up because they that's interesting. and actually, I've actually had people accuse me of not being able to taste. They're like, no, you can't. Like, I, I wish you could tell me that that was the case, but I promise you I can. So, yeah. yeah. So Close. do you have any other cool, like, weird fun facts? I have broken my nose twice. Wow. Oh, how? How did mm-hmm. you do that? Once when I was 12, playing second base in softball. And oh. one of those classic pot fly hitch in the face thing. And everyone's like, that's oh. what your glove is for. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Um, and then the second time, this is more embarrassing. I was 21 and I was going down a children's water slide at a water park and broke it on the way down. <gasps> the water slide like flips me over on the way down. And I'm like, this is fantastic. And so 
yeah, had to call my mom from a hospital in Florida. I so. thought you were going to go with ball fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going to be drinking related too. <laughs> oh man, I need to get better stories. I'm just, I'm just in water parks and whatnot. a child's ride. It's okay. It was, it was decorated as a pirate ship. So if you really need a good visual. Awesome. So just quickly, your first name, it's spelled a little bit different to the traditional Ali. It's Aaliyah or it's spelled like Aaliyah, right? Yes, I get that a lot. Okay. So it's A-L-L-E-A and okay. it's short for Allison Lee, but I've been spelling it A-L-L-E-A since I can remember. Sounds good. I like it. I mean, yeah. there were like 15 Katie's in my graduating class for high school. <laughs> So my mom was super original naming me. <laughs> yeah. So to try to like differentiate myself, I my friend like made up a way to spell Katie and I used it all the way through college. And Did you then, really? Yeah. And then um when I like got a real job, I was like, all right, well maybe I shouldn't have this like fake spelled name. Like <laughs> I'll I'll just go by K A T I E. So I I can appreciate that. There have been times where actually a coworker once say, like in all seriousness, Ellie, have you thought about changing how you spell it? And I'm like, oh, that is my name. But <laughs> there are days, especially when I did cold call sales, when I just went like, you know what? I'm just going to change my name. I'm going to change it entirely or at least how I spell it. And, but I have it. I'm sticking by it. So I'm Dennis with one N. So I also get a huge amount of confusion over that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Well, and you... Nobody can ever understand you when you talk. That's true. <laughs> Especially over the phone. Like, like the, the struggle person, is real. People kind of like lean in a bit closer. They tilt their head sideways. But <laughs> over the phone, people are just so lost. <laughs> so anyway, so you have such a, an amazing debt payoff story. And I really related to it because I'm in the middle of my uh, student loan payoff. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So I graduated from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln with, I think it was about $21,000 worth of student loan debt. Um, and then since then, I've also acquired a car loan, and I have now paid off both of them just Good. like in the last month. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank That's you. huge. Um, so I had... Um, just limited help from my parents, just a little background, a little bit of help from my parents freshman year with like the cost of fees really mm -hmm. um, for the university. But the rest of it, I mean, I was, a, I was an RA, a resident assistant for a couple years in college. And I had a huge scholarship um, plus, yeah, um, some federal aid. So that's most of my student loans are from the government. Plus, I also had a study abroad loan that I took out fall of 2011 and it took me three years to pay it off. Um, at a hefty 8.9%, by the way, wow. yeah. nothing, nothing makes you sleep with one eye open, like having an 8.9% loan. Um, yeah. So I have just led a fairly frugal life. Um, my motto is uh, living within your means doesn't have to suck. And that's just because I think largely it's my background in Nebraska where we don't need a whole lot to make us happy. Um, I get a lot of that from my parents. But my payoff journey has really been since day one of graduating college, have kind of kept a portion of my budget for quote unquote future me. So it used to be like $550 out of my take home pay would always either go to my retirement, my savings or debt repayment. And those numbers kind of shifted, but it was always within $550 
Um, so I just kept that consistent. When I got a raise, I actually I think 100% of that raise went towards that future me fund. Um, so I didn't go crazy. I wasn't like, how much can I squeeze out of my restaurant budget every month? I just kind of kept a number and stuck with it. Um, and yeah, I did side hustle for a little bit. I lived with uh, 14 roommates over the last six years. I've just found ways to keep the major expenses cheap and uh, prioritize what I did spend my money on. Good for you. That's really motivating. And I think a lot of people, they struggle with, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses, like stigma, like you have to have the designer purse and you have to have your nails done. You have to get your, your hair done all the time. And it's hard sometimes to kind of keep like priorities in place. And I honestly, it makes me sound like I'm probably just like the most plain Jane frugal fanny out there, but like I get my hair done once or once every two years, I'll get it colored. I get it cut six, every six to eight weeks. Like most women, um, I don't go get my nails done, but I buy Essie nail polish when I am at Target, which is nickname brand. And like, yeah, you're, you know, it's like $9. Yeah, you know? Wow. You're splurging. We were actually, um, just talking about this, this afternoon when I came home from lunch, I have like a, a side hustle at a hair salon, like literally across the street from where we live. And I do it on the weekends, kind of just like get out and, you know, have something to do. And the amount of money that these ladies are paying, like constantly, like it's to the point I worked there for like two months and I know their names and they're dropping like hundreds of dollars every time. And it just shocks me. And then they split it on two credit cards. (laughs) No way. Don't don't get me started on that between two credit cards and the ones declined and everything that shocks me too. But like, I never considered myself like low maintenance and like homely, Mm -hmm. but apparently I am because I get my haircut like max, like twice a year. And I go to like the hair cuttery with a coupon basically. Right. And then I buy my own nail polish and do my own nails unless I'm like going on vacation or it's like an occasion, but I can't justify like all that money constantly, like, especially while I'm trying to pay off debt. Right. So I don't, I don't think you're playing Jane at all. I think that's, <laughs> that's smarter because then I see these other girls coming in. It's just like, oh my goodness, are, are you like a, are you a surgeon? Because there's no way you're able to afford your $300 hair dye job every mm-hmm. month and a half. I mean, and in like complete, honestly, that's honestly not a lifestyle you see in Nebraska. Um, it's funny, I watch reality TV or movies where like people are wearing heels to work. Like that's like 2% of the population here. We are just low maintenance just through and through. Um, and so you don't have a lot of like glitz and glam and name brand purses to begin with. So it's kind of an easy place to just be homely and go to Goodwill and get like an old leather purse. But then I also go to Levi's and buy a brand new pair of jeans. Um, when they're on sale, of course, of course. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's a lot of it is priorities, but it also, I guess, depends on who you surround yourself with. Like if I felt pressure from my friends to live up to a certain standard, um, there's a reason why my friends aren't like that. <laughs> we all, um, just last week, we just had a, what we call a squatter's lunch. Like everyone just bring leftovers or swing through a restaurant and pick up food and come to someone's house and eat. And so 
no one's being forced with a $20 tab getting sushi right. because we wanted to eat together. Um, that's pretty common. We drink beer at each other's homes. Um, we drink $3 wine from Trader Joe's. And so. that, that's the way to do it. And I think now that you mentioned like, yeah, being in no- Nebraska, you're not surrounded. I mean, I guess we are like right in Northern Virginia. So it's a little different because now that I think about it, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more laid back and relaxed than in Florida where I'm from because like I was walking around, I went to work yesterday with like my flip-flops on and they were like, what are you doing? And it was like <laughs> flip-flops are literally like, they usually, I used to wear like, I was that person, I will admit, flip-flops and socks were my winter shoes. <laughs> so are you serious? Yes. Like what's Top, like like whole navy Florida. But I'm so, <laughs> and, and I remember I even I I didn't think that my principal when I was teaching would notice like real early in the morning because I would take them off before my students <laughs> would get there. But like I walked in one day and she looked at me and was like, "Okay, well there goes that idea. I will never do that again." But and I literally just learned because earlier when we were talking, um, it snowed here on like the first day of winter. Mm-hmm. And you mean the first day of spring? First day of spring, yeah. yeah. And it was, I was walking to the grocery store and I was wearing my Uggs and all of a sudden like my feet were wet. And I'll admit like I was half-heartedly playing in the snow piles. <laughs> and like I didn't know that snugs were not, or that Uggs were not waterproof. I thought they were. Which just sounds silly because you would think that they would be, but they're like real snow boots, but... Yep. That's what I That's thought. Complaining. It, oh, was, no. it was a real, so I'm Florida through and through. So I will, I will probably never get a $300 hair job. No, ever. it's a fun fact at my desk job where I work part-time. I actually have a pair of, uh, what I call work slippers. I brought in work slippers. So I like wear my boots to work and I wear slippers around the office. And now three other people have started bringing their house shoes or slippers with them. And we're just super casual around that place. Look at you, you little chunk setter. Yeah. I, I think I bought them like two years ago. They're finally catching on. I was like, y'all need to get on this. I figured it out. This is the best way to do it. So, awesome. yeah. So let's talk if you made any big financial mistakes. Were there any and how bad were they? Is it terrible that I thought on this question and I really can't think of any major mistakes? There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) I am so jealous of you. (laughs) I mean, like at most, I remember um, when I first started blogging, I wrote an article about uh, when I first graduated, I was budgeting like $100 a month for clothes, thinking, you know, I can invest in my wardrobe. Um, but after a year, I went back and looked at my trends on mint just to see how much I'd spent in the last year on different things. And I spent $1,200 on clothes and my jaw just dropped. And I was like, how did I spend $1,200 on clothes? Like, I don't feel like I even enjoy my wardrobe all that much. Well, I got to the point where I had allowed myself to spend a hundred dollars every month. So therefore I was showing up at the mall because I wanted to spend that money but not because I had a good reason to or had really even nailed down my style. So that was really kind of a regret that I'm glad I went, I'm glad I caught that early on. Um, cause now I just don't hang out at the mall. Like I go on like a shopping spree once every three months or so. And I just have a smaller budget that I roll over month to month. Um, and I consider myself more of a minimalist where I'd rather have just a few really good pieces that all go together and that I feel good wearing than just a lot of stuff that I bought on sale. It's a good money lesson as well. You know, like if you set yourself a goal or a target and 
you know, like you will find a way to spend that money, even if you don't oh, yeah. need to, you know? So yeah. like very often if, if you sort of like try to scale back even more, you'll, you'll probably still hit that same amount, but at least now you're a bit more in control of it, you know? Right. And like, just what you were speaking about earlier about being a minimalist, I think ultimately like you can always buy a more expensive thing, whether it's a car, whether it's clothes, you know, and like, are you really going to get an increased sense of satisfaction from spending more money? Like as an example, like I recently bought a Mac computer oh, and Mac. I, I paid a big premium for it because it was Mac. And quite honestly, I spent about half that amount of money on a laptop that's mm-hmm. like a Windows PC and it is way faster. It is. Is it really? Light? It is. It's like, it's like touchscreen. It's light. It's absolutely amazing. It's two totally different things. So Usually, usually I work on the laptop all the time and like it's touch screen so you can like make things bigger or smaller, usually bigger because I'm a little bit blind. And then like editing the podcast and everything we do on the Mac and it, it is so long taking just because like it's loading and then it's saving and then it's doing all this and it's just like this is a brand new computer. Why is it taking so long? Interesting. I wonder if it's your memory. Uh, yeah. I just upgraded mine a year ago. It yeah. Because uh... I have a Mac. Um, well, what's interesting, so a little bit of background on like becoming a minimalist was a process in itself. And I mean, I grew up an hour and a half from a mall or from a Target. And then my mom and I, so I, the town I grew up in is 118 people. So it's super tiny. And my mom would be like, it's a nice day. Let's drive to Lincoln. And so we would drive an hour and a half to go to Target um, and, or JCPenney. I mean, any of those big box stores that, you know, you look forward to as a kid. And we would shop like the dollar 77 racks. Like you could literally buy clothes for a dollar 77 or three seventy seven. And so that's kind of how I was raised to kind of collect clothes um, because it was cheap. So I'm at the point now where I'm like, if I will spend like $35 on a dress, which to this day, my mom is probably like, Allison, that's quite expensive. Or I'm like, <laughs> I'm not dropping like 80 bucks on a dress, but I'm dropping like 40 or 45, um, even like on a nice blouse or um, $120 pair of boots that I wear four days a week through the winter. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've had them for three years now, two years. And so as far as being a minimalist, I mean, I'm willing to put money towards those things now, but yeah, just because, and also I'm terrible at deciding what, well, any decisions in my life, like what to get when I go to Panera, let alone what to wear every day. So as long as I can make that easy on myself. Right. That's been a huge savings really in the long run for my budget as well. Your little town sounds exactly like what I've always wanted to see. <laughs> I have like a slight obsession with like Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Just, that little town. I'm like, where can we go? And li-? like, I want to Luke's <laughs> diner. But um. Yeah, and sometimes you do have to buy a little bit better quality just so that, you know, you get what you pay for, too. It's like a fine line. Like, can I scale back a little bit? But then I also don't want to have to go and replace it right away. Right. And so I actually did the big KonMari purge, uh, the was it the magical art of tidying up? I did that two and a half years ago. And it was, I mean, she tells you like all of the shirts that you own need to be on the floor in one giant pile. And when I just saw the sheer amount of how much I owned, it was that much easier to get rid of stuff. I'm like, I don't even like wearing this or I don't feel good when I wear this. And so when I, after I did that, I went through and made a list of like, what pieces do I really want? 
I looked at my Pinterest boards and like, oh, I could really use a green trench coat or this kind of boots. And so I had a list of like six things to go get. And then that made it easier to go shopping with purpose. I also like the whole when loss that I wear this. <laughs> you can only take that to a certain extent, though, especially living in the north. Right. Yeah. Like with seasons, I suppose it's a bit more intense. But like I have a ton of shirts. Like I have a shirt problem. I like collect shirts. And then, <laughs> does. And then, like I literally probably have about what, like a hundred shirts. And half like, of no them. Like no joke. The best, and I wear like four. And the best <laughs> part. So when he came to when he came to America, like he was a pilgrim or something. He it was, had like it was the Holy Land. He, he brought like five shirts. And then last year when we went to South Africa, we're like packing up, and he's like, I have to go through all of my shirts. And he went through like. It had to have been like 200 shirts and he oh tried on, he tried on every shirt. It was an entire day's worth of work. That's like a workout. Yeah. He it tried. Was. I was tired of He this. tried every shirt and then there's like the yes and the no pile. And then we hauled all those shirts that were in the yes pile literally across the world. And we've moved a couple of times and he still wears like the same, like seven shirts. <laughs> Except the shirt I'm wearing now, which is the new shirt. The do you even blog shirt? Which was... Nine dollars? Yes. So, okay. So we were talking earlier about your blog a little bit before the show. Do you have like a favorite post or a favorite topic that you like writing about? I largely like writing about like a money mindset, mostly because I feel like I grew up in this bubble um, where my mom taught me about money in a really practical way. That's honestly a large reason why I started Ask Allie because I just imagine people my age or whose parents didn't talk with them about money or they're racking up debt or they think that you have to spend so much and look a certain way to enjoy life um, or you have to drop a hundred bucks every time you go out and get drinks with your friends. Like I just kind of wanted to be, I don't know, I didn't want to be a contradiction, but I wanted to be the alternative. Um, and it like, to me, it's my normal and it's not most people's normal to say, you know, my mom has so many little quips. Um, she has a saying about credit cards being modern day cops and robbers. She's like, they are out to get your money. Like, don't trust them. Um, she's so things right. like that, she is so right. She has so many little quips. When I go back <laughs> home, she's like, can you write a blog post about this? I'm like, mom, do you just want to write a guest post? Because I will let you. And so, <laughs> yeah. So for me, a lot of it is just money mindset. The fact there's one of them that's even just the fact of paying off debt can be a balance. You don't have to wreck your whole life, like your whole lifestyle, trying to pull off the Ramsey style, you know, everything comes to a halt in order to pay down your debt for three years. I mean, I had a real, I had to butt up against that when I was like 23 about the Ramsey style because it was, um, I don't know. I was like, are you telling me that I can't have a life until I'm all debt free and 29? Because that doesn't sound fun. I love concerts. I want to buy new shoes. Like, so, so in there, um, there has to be a balance. So being able to speak to that and what that looks like in my life, that means I buy Levi's, but I also do clothing swaps and get free clothes for my girlfriends, mm-hmm. you know, at least a couple times a year. Right. And you can't, if you put your life on hold and you completely stop everything to pay off your debt, you're not going to be able to stick to it. It's like a diet. Like right. You, you have to have a little bit of life while you're paying things back. Yeah. 
The diet mm-hmm. that works is the one you stick to, not necessarily the one that's going to get the fastest results. <laughs> Absolutely. And so a large part of it was like that consistency just in certain lifestyle choices, like learning how to cook. That saves you so much money being able to eat at home instead of eating out all the time. Things that just seem so normal to me, but I've been doing them for six plus years now. Right. Yeah. And they make a big difference as well. I see on your site that you offer budgeting services. Could you tell us a little bit about your prices and what comes with the package? Yep. I just tell everyone what to do with their money. No. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> a, what, what a sales pitch. Give it to me. It's a one size fits all. This is what you should do with your money. And um, you are so good at your over the phone sales job. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me tell it to you. Okay, um, ready? Go. Okay. So actually a couple of years ago it started, I got coffee with my friend Valerie and three hours later, we had her, um, we had developed a budget and we had gotten her on mint.com and I was able to send her away to go live in this freedom of having a spending plan, if you will, um, for being able to save money, spend money, pay her rent, um, and reach some her goals, her individual goals. So that's where the coaching started. They are now no longer three hours because we figured out <laughs> what questions to ask beforehand. So my budgeting Uh, my budget coaching is a one-on-one meeting where I provide you with what I call starter homework beforehand. So I don't know whether you pay $300 for rent or $3,000 for rent, but those are details that I give uh, my coaching clients to go right out and determine where all their money has been going or what they estimate. And then we meet for an hour. Um, I've already taken all of that information that they've given me and put it into my fancy spreadsheet. It's really not that fancy. It's really more about just a projection sheet so that we can set some goals and tweak numbers and be able to determine if there is room for more balance. You know, if you're paying all of your money towards a car lease, but you're not putting anything extra towards, you know, credit cards, that's something where I will point out, you know, the pros and cons of that. So we meet for an hour and then afterwards I send you follow-up tasks Um, And then I reach out a week later to see how things are going. But it's largely like a one and done. Like a lot of folks just have questions of like, where do I need to put my money? Which is more important? Um, They sometimes they have questions about credit cards um, or where they need to invest. And though I'm not a financial planner, I usually just say, make sure you're putting money into retirement as well um, as going to concerts and whatnot. Right. So with your services, is it, so if you're in Nebraska, I'm going to assume there aren't a super ton of people that live there. Um, is yeah. it only face-to-face or do you ever do like over the phone or like a Skype call? Like how does that work? Do you work with people who aren't in your area? Yeah. And actually I would say half of my coaching sessions have been in person here in Lincoln, Nebraska, but the other half have been via Skype. Um, I have friends who live um, outside of Lincoln, um, in Western Nebraska. Um, yeah. And then we just meet over Skype and we walk through your spreadsheet together. I have a coaching guide that we walk through with like my tips and tricks and best practices for using mint. And the goal being that like, we, I don't just give you a budget, right? Like we work on it. We help identify your goals, identify, um, where you want to be. Maybe it's a cash flow issue. Um, but a lot of, um, Folks just have a lot of basic questions. And then on top of that, getting set up on Mint, which I've been using Mint since 2010, so eight years now. Um, So getting set up with that in a way that's sustainable. So being able to track your expenses, track your income, 
be able to use this free tool to be able to feel like you're more in control of your money. Okay, great. And where can our listeners get in touch with you if they are interested in your services? Oh, and how much do you charge? That's probably a good thing to know. Oh, that is a good thing. Yeah, so it's $80 for a session. So whether you're um, a married couple or unmarried couple or a single person, um, or if it's your parents, um, or if it's somebody straight out of college, so it's 80 bucks for um, one coaching session. And at the top of askalley.com is a coaching link. So on there, um, you click that and it'll give you more information and a place to sign up and just pay online. And then when I get a notification, we'll set up a meeting. Awesome. Can't be any easier than that. Thanks um, to the internet. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is the most important thing um, to remember when you're trying to pay off debt? Now that you have gone through and you've paid all this off and, you know, you talk to people who are trying to get like a, a grasp on their own finances, what do you think is a good thing for them to remember? I would say number one would be to make a plan and stick with it. So have like an objective plan saying, this is how much, you know, the calculator tells me if I put an extra $200 a month towards my debt, I will be debt free in three years. The goal is just to continue to put $200 a month extra towards your debt every month and be debt free in three years. Um, that that is going to make you more progress than sweating over it every month. Um, and that's not saying don't pick up a side job and put all that money towards it or however you plan to put that extra money towards it. But we just get so swept up in like, how is it not happening any faster or how can I make it, you know, or, Oh no, I'm, I'm gaining more and more interest every day. It's like, yes, that's part of having debt and paying it off is that you are accruing interest, but you've had an objective plan um, and then just make it part of your lifestyle. If that means you live with roommates for the next three years, or if that means you learn how to cook to save a hundred bucks on food, um, take that as an opportunity just to figure out how to make that work and stick with the plan. Well, thank you, Allie, as Dennis was just like wagging his finger at me. <laughs> <laughs> what was that for? Katie's in the middle of her payoff. Um, she's so, got 28K left to go. I yes. Think so. so I started, I was like a financial train wreck. I, like I'm the first to admit. And then um, like I had all this debt and I've paid it all off. At, well, almost. I have 28,000 left. And the other day I was just like, oh, like... I feel like I'm not going to, my goal was to pay off my entire student loan in this year, which was $38,000. And granted, I have made like, I've paid quite a bit in the last couple of months, but I don't think I'm at the point where I thought I would have been. I didn't think, I don't think I'm going to reach my goal of having it paid off by Christmas. And he was like, it's okay. Just keep paying, pay as much as you can. And so we kind of had that conversation the other day. And then you're like, just be consistent and keep going. You and just have to keep going. Keep at it. <laughs> keep at it. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll get there. Absolutely. It's something that, that you definitely have to work towards. It's not like an overnight success, you know, that all of a sudden oh, it's all gone just because you decided to pay a little bit of debt off. Um, right. But yeah, like it, it's about slowly chipping it away. And before you know it, it's like time passes very quickly. And, you know, like, but you'll look up and you'll be like, oh, like I only have X left, like in terms of months, according to the calculator. So like, it really is about like having your eyes on the prize. Absolutely. And it puts everything else in perspective too, right? As far as 
I mean, I just moved into an apartment by myself. Um, I'm 28. I just moved in six months ago. But before that, I had all of these roommates and, and I've always wanted a dog and I wanted to buy a house and I would have loved to live alone sooner. But part of it was delaying that gratification until I had my finances like to the place where I would feel more confident living alone and paying more in rent um, than yeah, what I could really kind of get away with in my early 20s is like, whatever, I can live with three roommates in a house with snakes in the basement. We're fine. And, but yeah, so a lot of it is, I don't know, patience, patience, and then just sticking with it and believing in yourself too. I mean, nobody, it sucks because nobody can do it for you. Yep, that's exactly and so <laughs> your friends are like, why can't you come out and play? It's like, because I have this responsibility to myself. Yep. Katie had the same thing. Like her friends were like, oh, we're all going to Minnesota. Like, and it was a girls weekend. And like Katie actually had suggested it. It's like a yeah. long time ago. So and well, like they really gave her a lot of uphill for it. Yeah. Well, so unfortunately I, am able to turn down now but when I was in my earlier 20s just like with the trip I was kind of like the ringleader like it was my idea to go out and we would go and everything and now that I'm older it's like no I should probably like be an adult and actually pay what I should and everything so when they were like wait you're not coming I was like guys I'm really sorry it's really hard for me to justify coming when I don't have a job and I'm still paying off my mortgage in Florida Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't put an entire trip on my credit card. Like I can't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things I've been meaning to write a post on this, as far as like the speed at which you can pay off your debt. Did you guys ever play the Oregon trail? It's a game. Yes, but I don't okay. remember it. I, I was not good at it. I know I died a lot. <laughs> Typhoid. I tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, just a side note, the Oregon trail literally went past like, 10 miles from where I grew up. So this is like, this is home for me, uh, the Oregon trail, but in the game, stick with me. There's nothing about money in the game, but in the game, you can choose how fast you want to go to Oregon. You can go like slow, regular speed or like grueling, right? Like you can go like super, super fast. That's the picture where the, the wagon is like being blown back because it's going so fast. And so I think that just understand too, that there's a season for, paying down your debt at a grueling pace. But what's going to get you to the end result is that slow and steady um, or that moderate, that moderate pace. So I would say, I usually tell my coaching clients, if you are paying towards your debt period and you've made that part of your plan, like you are already light years ahead um, of acquiring more debt or ignoring the fact that you have it. Yep, it, it's just about consistency. <laughs> I feel like you were just telling me that and not everybody. That was for you, Katie. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Awesome. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, if you're looking for ways to monetize something extra and make some additional money, why not consider renting out a spare bedroom in your home? Head over to chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb. Katie's written a fantastic guide that'll teach you everything you need to know to get started hosting your place. She's also created a fantastic course you can also check out, but check out that other resource first because there's tons of awesome information and you can get a free checklist. So definitely head over to chainofwealth.com slash Okay, so I have a loaded question for you. Why do you think people struggle or fail to achieve their dreams? Honestly, 
speaking from my own experience, I don't think that I knew I could dream or what things were even possible until um, I kind of stepped out of my own bubble and my own comfort zone. And now that I know that like the people can work for themselves or um, that you can pay off debt sooner than the 10 year standard repayment. Like you don't even really know that that's a possibility until someone reveals it to you. So otherwise that, or like the failure to be consistent um, or feeling like it's not going to pan out. Definitely makes sense. So do you have any, any favorite books or podcasts you can recommend to our listeners? Well, um, one of actually the book that really got me started on coaching was Alexa Von Tobel's book called Financially Fearless, um, which I realize is just tightly connected with her brand from Learn Best. Um, but I loved it because she's like, grab a glass of wine. We're going to talk about money and it's not going to be scary. And though money wasn't scary for me, I had friends who literally shudder and start sweating at the talk of money. And so to me, a book like that is way more approachable than um, than most, I would say, or the fear you might have of asking your parents about money, just go get that book instead. What good advice. That was definitely me. Um, Dennis found out about all of my debt basically when I moved up here. And like our first argument was over something completely ridiculous, like going to check the mailbox. Because I didn't want to know what had come for me in the month and a half that that I had like, I would like, I literally just didn't go. Like, and I'm not that kind of a person. Like, when I have to do something, like, I get things done. I get it done early. It's on time. But then when it came to, like, my student loan bill, it was like, oh, I'm just going to push that off to the side. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And another book that I really loved, there's actually the audio version. You can get the abridged, like, two hour. It's probably easier than reading the book or listening to the whole thing. But it's The Millionaire Next Door, which is kind of a classic case of, um, just seeing that like the really the most wealthy are the ones who don't look like they're wealthy on the outside. And there's a lot of like psychology about that, but like when it comes to parenting. So I highly recommend that as well. You can usually find that through your library. Yeah. Great. So do you have a favorite quote? Yes. I like the quote progress over perfection. Just this idea that you don't have to get it all right, right away in order for it to matter or make a difference. That means so much. Just like taking that first step is so much better than waiting for whatever that perfect idea is in your mind. Because it will (laughs) never come. Yeah, that's true. Ali, we've absolutely loved hanging out. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Oh, I'm already sad about it. Um, Yeah, I mean, like I said, living within your means doesn't have to suck. Um, And as much as it might seem like everyone else has things that you don't, like it is normal to say no to things or to do without or to wait on getting to a certain place where you think you might or should be by now, um, by now being like I'm almost 30. Um, But yeah, living within your means doesn't have to suck. And then that's, that's a personal preference and you get to choose your own adulthood and what that might look like. Shane, as we've been hanging out with Ali Grummet, you can check out her blog, her blog, askally.com. That's A-S-K-A-L-L-E-A.com. And <laughs> definitely check out her site. There's some great resources on there and it's a really good read. Chainers, we're absolutely pumped to have hung out with you today. If you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to our Facebook group, chainofwealth.com slash Facebook. We'll jump you straight into our group. You can 
really achieve whatever money dreams you're trying to achieve. We'll catch you on the flip side.